Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hello, Husker fans. Welcome to episode 287 of the Husker Football Fan Podcast. I'm Mike Harvat. And I'm Justin Swanson. In today's episode, we react to Nebraska's season-ending loss to Iowa. And that's about it. You can find us on the web at huskerpod.com or by searching Husker Football Fan Podcast on Facebook. You can also connect with us on Twitter by following at huskerpod or email us at huskerpodgmail.com. This episode is brought to you by Central Nebraska Buffalo. Check out their website for their latest deals at cnbuffalo.com. Also brought to you by Monty Rohde with Pinnacle Realty in Lincoln. Looking to buy or sell a home in Lincoln or know somebody who is? Reach out to Monty at 402-770-3356. All right, Justin, how negative do you want me to be right out the gate? Not, you don't need to be negative. Let's talk, how about light banter for a minute? Okay, uh, how's this for light banter? It's been nine years, and I feel like nothing has changed. Nine years of this podcast, and here we are having this same conversation. (laughs) Whoa, whoa, Mike. (laughs) Did you get much snow last night? Anyway, yeah, it snowed. (laughs) I almost changed the podcast uh, from Husker Volleyball and Soccer Fan Podcast to Husker Sad. Instead of Husker Pod. Here's the thing. Volleyball's great. Soccer, it's great. You want to talk about wrestling? I think our bowling team did some cool stuff a few years ago. That's all great. But I like football. I want to talk about football. What? The it's question is, so why sad do you to like talk football? about football. <laughs> hey, t- uh, did you watch a lot of football yesterday on Saturday? No. I, I was going to say, over it, I didn't man. watch anything. I <laughs> Tell me what happened yesterday. Uh, well, I mean, I I knew enough about... The only thing that really intrigued me was Michigan and uh, Ohio State. How was that game? It was kind of a little bit of a back and forth. They were both fighting hard. I think Michigan was gifted a touchdown that should have been an interception, actually. Mm. Uh, but other than that, uh, just kind of according to the script, you got Michigan, they're staying undefeated. They're all expecting them to run all over Iowa. Um, here's the interesting thing about that. I, I don't know if this makes me, this might like alienate me from some people, but I'm going to be rooting for Iowa on Saturday. I want them to be Michigan. Definitely alienates you. What's wrong with you, man? Well, here, here's the thing. I Just the other day, I saw somebody, and they were showing um, showing me some kind of a meme about, like, how Nebraska reacts to certain rivalries, and they're showing, like, Texas, and they're like, yeah, I hate them. Uh, oh, yeah, I think it was, like, spliced with, like, clips from the Grinch movie, and oh, you know, yeah. it's showing a few different things, but then when they got to Iowa, they're like, loathe them, and I'm just like, I don't. I don't feel that strongly about Iowa the way that I ever did about Texas or Colorado. Like I, I've see, I still see Colorado as more of a rival than Iowa. So I don't know. It's weird. Um, yeah, no, I, I agree. I feel like 
I feel like the last several years, so we always go to Iowa the day after this game to be with my mom's side of the family. Mm-hmm. And there's been like the year when they were 12 and 0, like, you know, some one person had on an Iowa shirt because a lot of them live in Iowa. Sure. But I mean, I feel like the, for the past several years, there hasn't even been any heat between us because we're just so fixated on our own mess mm. that like, oh, you're going to chirp at me? I don't even care. <laughs> so yeah. what? Oh, my gosh. So I have a friend who's a big Iowa fan, on, and he posts about it all the time on Facebook. And, and he posted something right after we lost to Iowa the other day that just, like, I was almost flabbergasted by it. Um, I won't reveal his name because I didn't tell him I was going to share this, but um, I've got his post pulled up here on Facebook, and he said... It's been nine seasons since Nebraska had to evaluate who Iowa is as a program, and this has been the results. Iowa, 81-32, and 32, three Big Ten West titles, nine bowl games, nine winning seasons, six ranked seasons. Nebraska, 43-63, and 63, no Big Ten West titles, two bowl games, one winning season, zero ranked seasons. Iowa, 8-1 and one head-to-head. Hey, Nebraska, you still evaluating yourself against Iowa. It's, it is funny because I, I'm looking at those stats from Iowa like, I don't – like, that's great. Like, they are really excited about that, right? <laughs> if Nebraska was sitting at that record, we'd be like, this is great. We want more. Yeah. Um, and, and so not only are we not sitting at that, you know, pretty good level, which we'd like to be at, and saying we want more. Right now we're at the, you know, the bottom – and looking at ourselves once again in the mirror saying, why aren't we better? Yeah. So I commented so, on his post. I couldn't help myself. And I just said, please don't hold anything Eichhorst ever said against Nebraska. It's impressive that you all can hold a grudge against one of the worst teams in the college football uh, world for that long. But we've moved on. I actually had to like rack my brain about like, what is he talking about? We have to evaluate who we are as a program. But I guess oh, that I was exactly a sticking point for Iowa fans. No, I mean, that that was fun. I mean, that was like Eichhorst trying to be real diplomatic and then actually saying something <laughs> that really, really <laughs> irritated them. I mean, yeah. that, that was a great uh, unintended burn. Yeah. Um, so... I mean, I th- I'm laughing about it still. Sure. Uh, and the fact that I think there's probably some real truth to that if it's still bothering him that much. Yeah. Um, yeah, but even like my cousins who actually care about Iowa, which turns out if you're listening, they're not listening. Several of them were at the game. I was like, dude, I live like two miles from there and I'm at all the home games. How could you not tell me you were there? I was offended. But uh, <laughs> one of them, my cousin, young lady, uh, said she got some fingers walking back to the car from Nebraska fans. So that's not cool. No, don't do that. Come on, guys, be better. That's uh, not she the greatest even really... fans in college. Yeah, I don't football. think she even really is all that excited about about football. She was just there because I think her dad took her. Right. So, uh, so I don't think she was rubbing it in anybody's face. Um, so I've had to apologize for that treatment. Um, but yeah, irritating. Just a thing yeah but yeah so then the volleyball team loses which we we now know that wisconsin got a top four seed and mm-hmm. it was probably because they beat us so in the end i'm not all that shook up that we got rocked by wisconsin in the second to last game of the regular season because one that means that they're a top four seed and so if we're going to play them it's not till the the final four or the championship game and two um it's you know get some 
some uh, brought back down to earth before you really want to be peaking, right? Sure. So, um, in my opinion, while would it have been great to have been undefeated? Yes, but this might, in the end, be better for the team. And then the soccer team lost in overtime. It was a bummer. At least one of my friends who lives out there was at the game, says it, said it was great. I got to talk to Marty this morning, and I was asking him, how am I supposed to listen to your games? Um, because you go to Huskers.com, and the only listen option is to watch on ESPN+. Plus. Hmm. So I don't I don't know what that's about. Trev Alberts, I know um I know you are always the first to download our shows and we always get your comments right away. We we know you're a passionate Husker Pod listener and we know that you want to buy our gear and wear it, but you know, you have professional obligations that don't let you. Um but buddy, like why can't we like just get a KRN and KRNU student to broadcast live during the games? And even for away games, I mean, have them sit in Anderson Hall here at the CoJMC and just like color or do play by play on the ESPN Plus feed on KRNU, the radio station and dot, dot com. It's not that like I, why couldn't I listen to that? That was ridiculous. <laughs> so, uh, Trev, I know you're going to be angry that I called you out like that, but it'll be okay. You know, he. I just he gets him. paid the big bucks, so you know he's he's double the big bucks, right? <laughs> so, Mike, you were at home. I was in this. I was in the stadium. I haven't we rewatched the game? I haven't even really thought about football since the game ended. Um, what was the deal with the timing at the end of the game? There was a play that was completely untimed. Like the clock operator never started it, and so. Um, I think it was one of our third, I think it was our third down play right before we converted a first down, uh, I, I, cause didn't we convert on fourth down at one point during that drive? Um, yeah, I don't even remember. Yeah, it's, it's fuzzy, but during our final drive, there was a down that was completely untimed that should have taken at least like 10 seconds off of the clock, which if they had done it properly, uh, even with the interception, it would have made it much harder for Iowa to kick their field goal. Um, yeah, not not insignificant. Yeah. Um, but man, I'm just over the woulda, shoulda, coulda, couldas. I'm just I'm over it. Who cares? We should have beat them. Yeah. Like it, it's it's the whole one second thing we, has we, plagued us. We should us. have at least we should have at least gone to overtime. Mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. I appreciated you shared an image. You want to share or talk about the image that you sent me because I thought that was helpful. Yeah, it was just. Uh, I think it was Michael Severe. No, it wasn't. It was a uh, Jim Rose. Um, he was a radio personality here in Omaha. Um, he had posted a, a photo of. Uh, somebody got a snap from uh, a close-up. I think it was from the Omaha World Herald, possibly. Um, but it was a close-up shot of Chubba Purdy, just like you could tell the kid was devastated after throwing that interception. And basically, he's just said, like, if you don't think these kids care, think again, essentially. Um, and, man, what a rough go of it. Like, as, as frustrated as we are... Um, 
can you imagine being a player on that team and you had four chances to get one more win and it just 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 everything that could have possibly gone wrong to end this season went wrong it sucks yeah yeah that's uh that's a tough way to go down. I mean, you, and and you talk about going into the off season on a low bitter note. Mm. Um, that is a that is the way to do it. And uh, you know, for a team that's trying to flip the script, those extra practices just would have been absolute gold. But uh, you know what? One thing I tweeted after the game was. Someone was saying, what do you do in the offseason to make a change? And I'm saying, you go get a decent quarterback and who's not going to – and let's say you cut the fumbles in half because we were, yeah. were we the worst fumbling – I don't know. Just worst turnover team in the country. I think we – if it was – it was either fumbles or total turnovers. I think you cut turtle, those in half. Tur- total – <laughs> excuse me. Total turnovers. Got a little if tongue you, tied. If you become an average turnover team instead of you know nation leading – you win at least two, three, maybe three, maybe four more games. I can't. Maybe during our season wrap-up episode, we can walk back through and and maybe do a little bit more precise shoulda, woulda, couldas. But if you have, do we have to? You know, without Sims in the first couple games, just just giving the ball away, and without uh, Harburg throwing a bunch of interceptions in this last stretch, and without uh, Chuba just straight up dropping the ball, um, you know. The one potentially backbreaker turnover, we they didn't they jump off sides and then we blocked the re-kick this week. Mm. Yeah. So yeah, so um, that could have been critical, but it it, it wasn't. Um, so you like how the offense moved the ball at times? Uh, Satterfield towards I thought towards the second half of the game, I thought we were actually coming on strong. Their offense wasn't moving the ball, and we were starting to claw back the time of possession differential, which was like four to one mm-hmm. through the middle of the third quarter. We started to get it back. I don't remember where. I don't know where it finished, but we started to get that back towards even. But man, when you're playing a really tight defensive battle right down to the end, that's Iowa's game. Like that's how they've won most of their games this year. So, um, it it's. Almost not surprising that they it had ended us the way it did. Right where they wanted us. And we let them off the and we kept them on we kept ourselves on the hook? How's that work? Yeah, I don't know. Oh, are you thinking of they are who we thought they were. We let them off the hook. <laughs> oh boy. How bad there are they gonna get I mean I, I hope Michigan just guts them. I hope there's really a hundred to zero. Yeah. Really? Yeah, I mean, I'm on the look, other end of this, man. We got three wins off of a reeling Big Ten West, and we now know like the Big Ten West really bad, really, really bad. And we got three wins in the middle stretch there, as we talked about last episode, and um, and some teams started to like get better at the end. We plateaued, and if if the Big Ten West was even marginally better middle season, you know, we we're probably a two win team. <laughs> You know, like it was really bad. And so for them to be ranked in the top 15 or whatever and go to the conference championship game with their, it's just a joke. It's just a joke. And I hope, yeah, I hope they get totally exposed. And I hope our our division gets totally exposed in the aftermath of the final Big Ten West season. Or 
wouldn't it be funny if they won? <laughs> yeah, no, if they won, that would be, I'd feel better about I think it'd be hilarious. the Huskers. Um, so, I mean, that's, so you why want... Tom Os- that's why Tom Osborne didn't want to have a Big 12 championship game. It's just an opportunity for a championship team to lose and get knocked out of contention. Right. But but here here's the thing. I like try to follow my logic here a little bit. You are rooting against Iowa, a team that we. It's. I feel like Iowa is a team. I don't love them. I don't hate them. I nothing Iowa. I don't care about Iowa. So, why not root for them to beat the team that claims to share a national championship with us? I'm still, I'm still holding on to that. I'm sorry. My grudge against Michigan is greater than anything Iowa could ever do to us. I don't care. <laughs> I just don't care. I mean, at the end of the day, I don't care about either of these teams, but it's an interesting thought experiment because there's going to be football on next weekend and you got to root for somebody, right? Well, I sit here in my pettiness, not going to a bowl, and I think, who would I rather lose? And you, you're asking yourself the same question, and mm-hmm. you're saying Michigan, and I'm saying Iowa. Yeah, agree to disagree. That's that's fine. We should have a podcast. We could fight about it. No, I'd rather I'd rather see them just get totally exposed, and which it'll you know just because of the way Michigan is content to pound it, and Iowa is content to absorb it. And not move the ball offensively and, and hope for good special teams. Like it'll probably be, be a lot closer than we think, um, just because of the, the the style of the team. So mm. I'm sure that Michigan wins by several touchdowns. It's probably a dominant win where there's no question who the better team is, but the score probably won't look too flashy. Sure, I'm with you on guess. that. I, I I fully expect Michigan to win despite everything I've said. <laughs> It's just, it also does kind of feel like, man, if this season doesn't take Harbaugh down a notch, what can? Like, I think he's going to, like, rise from the ashes like a phoenix next year and, like... Into the NFL? Uh, no, 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 no. I, I think he's still going to be coaching at Michigan. But I, I think that he might be unstoppable. <laughs> <laughs> next year? Yeah. It'll, it'll be interesting. To see where where he goes and what he does next. He is an interesting person. I don't. Uh, do do we pull up stats and talk more specifically about the team? Do you think about people who listen to our podcast are stats nerds? I mean, like to a certain extent, sure. But like at this point, people are thinking about Christmas. Did you put up your tree? No, not yet. Who put it's on the tree docket up this afternoon. Oh, you did it today. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Have you decorated will... it, or is it just the tree is up? Uh, trees up and the lights are up. Okay. The kids and... were just a little bit rambunctious, and wife and I kind of ran out of gas with them. Sure. <laughs> so the way you're describing this, it sounds like uh, you're talking about a an artificial tree. Yep. Okay. Do you guys go real? No, no. It's been at least a decade, if not like 15 years. So, it's it's Swanson family lore. It just came up again yesterday that 
we used to go with my parents when I was little, go down, cut down a tree. Sure. And then one year, apparently, I said, why do we always have to do this? <laughs> and they're like, we're doing it for you. And I was like, <laughs> I don't know what I said, but they're like, well, he's not having fun. We're not doing this anymore. So I have vague memories of chopping down a tree. That's funny. Uh, but uh, so, yeah, we've had, gosh, we've been married for 14 years and we've had the same tree like the whole time. Maybe, <laughs> maybe not quite the whole time. That's the way it should so, be. It's, uh, it's up. So we'll decorate it in the next few days. And during the game, I was commenting. I can't remember if I tweeted it or if I said it to, to my wife, but it was kind of like the windy Maryland game two weeks ago where you kind of felt like you had to capitalize on scoring with the wind. Mm. And we did get that long uh, 66-yard pass touchdown against the wind in the second quarter. But I think that the wind, if anything, knocked down the ball a little bit. Like, I think it was an overthrow. And uh, Jalen Lloyd was able to catch up with it because the wind uh, slowed it down. And um, and then we scored with six minutes to go in the third quarter uh, with the wind. And then that was it until the final play of the game. Mm-hmm. So 17-point second quarter for the two teams. No points in the first. Three in the third for us. Three for them. I feel I'm a little bit bummed that we weren't able to get special team stats from SP plus. Cause I feel like that would have been an interesting journey this year. It did feel like at the end of the day, we were, you know, maybe a middle third special teams team. Um, but Bushini was kind of all over the place and Alvano missed some clutch kicks that could have made a huge difference in the last couple games. You don't made a difference in this game. Yeah, and well, in Wisconsin too, he missed one that would have. We wouldn't have had to go to overtime. Mm-hmm. Um, we had some punt return yards this week, not many, but we also fumbled one <laughs> that they recovered. Uh, we blocked two field goals. Awesome. When's the last time we blocked a field goal? Uh, earlier this season. <laughs> I thought we blocked a punt earlier this season, not a field goal. We blocked a field goal, huh? I thought it was a field goal. Oh, yeah, we blocked it and ran it back for a touchdown. You're right. Oh, right. Was that a, that was, was, the, that that was the high goal? five. Yeah, that was yeah, the, the high, high five. five play. <laughs> yeah, you know, we we just needed a few more big plays down the stretch. And I, I, I kind of think that if Satterfield could have committed to the between-the-tackles run game a little bit more, it might have got there, but he knows more. You know, he's seeing more. Maybe he, he's got a – obviously, he's got a different perspective than me. Right. I'd be curious to hear their defense of that. So, do you think uh, Rule fires anybody in the offseason? No, like we talked about last week, I don't – I don't still so. Still holding the line there. He's just – that's just not the kind of guy he is. Now, he might have to replace a defensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. I think we got an email again this week. We did. Kyle got some got some response last week, so this week he followed up. First off, he says, "Fire Satterfield and our offense into the sun." Um, I I don't blame the players at all. Um, I think these kids were doing the best they could. More than anything, this season, what I would say is a plus, like a like a net positive that we can say, okay, we're heading in the right direction. Is for all the discussion that we've had over the last several years about culture and all kinds of garbage, I feel like 
this team was bought in. I feel like this team 100% yeah. was... No, I think the culture has has flipped. Yeah. And they hey, they won one more game than they did last year, right? So that is... I mean, improvement. Improvement, yep. Yeah? I mean, he missed. <laughs> they missed on the quarterback, and Chubba was hurt all season is the story. Yep. He looked pretty good when he came in. He was a little bit reckless. Maybe, maybe if he uh, got more playing time, he wouldn't have been so sloppy here at the end. But he was yeah. hurt. Um. But yeah, so that's improvement. Yeah, and I, I do feel like the offense. If everybody stayed healthy, we'd be having a different conversation right now. So, um, absolutely. But yeah, Satterfield. I don't know. I don't know enough yet to have an opinion. Honestly, um, it's just it's really rough looking at. Uh, the last four games of the season and saying, okay, something, something, it feels like something's got to change, but maybe that's just their scheme heading into next year, you know? So, well, I don't, I, I, I'm not the first to say it, but they're, and maybe he even said in his email, the, the court, the starting quarterbacks may not be on the roster right now. I think they probably got to go get somebody. Yeah. I think, uh, Sims is going to go the way of the, uh, Amigos Sims, value mail <laughs> all right and then Oof. the other thing he said is iowa was really classless today from the tunnel walk to the obvious targeting call what that happened got to the tunnel walk? i don't know and at least one face mask call that said our offense was completely inept the defense and special teams played their guts out and played winning football we need to at the very least hire a qb coach i mean it's they're a top five defense so you know, they. I don't. I don't know that we should have expected too much. I mean, we were pretty decent on third down. Um, yeah. Trying to find that number. I remember at one point we were fifty percent on third down, which is better than you'd expect. Only seventy-five yards rushing. Um, but he was fifteen of twenty-eight, so just over fifty percent. So you know, not awesome. But their guy was eleven of twenty-eight. Their two hundred and eighty-pound quarterback was. Um. A stout dude. <laughs> we actually outgained them two sixty four to two fifty seven. That's not surprising though. Yeah. Yeah. You Three know, fumbles, two lost. That's 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 the difference. From what I saw, I didn't I didn't feel like Iowa was classless. Um, I have been one upset. of their offensive linemen was blowing kisses at the end of the game. Oh I mean, well, yeah, that that happens. It's annoying. I don't yeah. know. But I mean, like, I've seen Iowa be pretty petty in the past and i didn't feel like this was any different than you know i i felt more miffed when maryland's players came up and were taunting in the end zone after their game so yeah no that's true also there was an interesting thing where there was maybe one second left on the clock and so i feel like that made their celebration a lot more subdued because mm. I don't think a lot of us realized they were actually reviewing the final play yeah. for a little while. And I, so I was like, did we win? I think we won. I Nebraska's teams like almost all the way back to the locker room at that point, they're doing the <laughs> midfield prayer. And then the, uh, the people say over loudspeakers, there is no time left on the right. clock after the kick. It's over. Yeah. So that could have changed things. Do you still think Nebraska football isn't cursed? Um, there was an interesting post on Reddit yesterday um, breaking down the probability of everything that's happened in Nebraska over the last several seasons um, and basically saying that, like, uh, 
if you flipped a coin like a million times or whatever, it, it should not come out this way. <laughs> so, um, well, yeah, if you flip a coin, it's what, like eight and four. Well, no, I think cause we did it. There's that. No, but they're talking about like the probability of all the one loss win or the, all the one score losses, one loss wins. What am I talking about? All of the one score losses, all of the circumstances, uh, that have you know, fallen upon this team over the last several years. I I don't feel like looking up the the post, but basically they were saying that like anybody looking at this from the outside would assume that somebody's got their thumb on the scale is basically what mm. they're saying. So, and that so maybe there is something is the to the football curse. I don't know. Maybe we're living in a simulation and they keep running the same thing over and over, trying to see, uh, you know. How many ways that we can simulation. lose in spectacular fashion? <laughs> I want out of this simulation. Yeah. But then he settles on, uh, this is still from Kyle's email, he still believes that Matt Rule is the right coach in the long run, but he's really starting to miss Bo Pelini right about now. <laughs> yeah. It's funny how people still invoke Pelini's name. Um, I, oh, I, Bo. Yeah, I'm not a huge Bo lever. I never was. Uh, I mean, at least in in the wake of his firing, I feel like he left at an appropriate time for him to leave. <laughs> so, when when you are daring the administration to fire you, I feel like it's time to go. So, last overtime win. True. Yeah, I don't know. I uh, I look forward to stepping away from this team for a little while and maybe coming back in January to chat with you and reflect on, I think there is a lot of progress and I'll, you know, I've, I, we don't think a lot about recruiting. I think they filled up their class pretty well and they're going to, it's going to build and the big 10 West is gone and uh, it's a whole new ball game here moving forward. And, we gotta we gotta get better yep. dramatically. Going to Southern California for a conference game next year, and it's not a neutral site game. It's crazy. Hey, did I tell you about how I touched two footballs? <laughs> I've told you this, Justin. You you have brought this up to me, not on the podcast, but you're forgetting one. You touched three that day. Oh, but not two, but two reg game regulation footballs. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, listener, I'm way more excited about this than anybody else. But I've sat in the south end zone, pretty good seats for quite a while now, and they always are kicking into the south end zone. I've never, never touched a football. And I can't remember which game it was. It's been it was Maryland. I was with you. Oh, it was Maryland? Yeah, I was with you. Oh, okay. And uh, someone, uh, the Maryland kicker just shanked one off to the left. And did I step up onto the 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 bench to try you to would, catch it? You would remember it, better like, than me. I made it like kind of a bucket of my arms, and it went in and hit my chest and my arms and bounced out. <laughs> so <laughs> I slowed down the velocity so no, but no you know, unsuspecting kid got nailed. But I did not catch it. And then not long after that, he shanked it again, only, you know, twice as high up. And this guy, this adult. I thought it was a kid. It. And then, 
No, an adult caught it and he handed it to a kid. <laughs> and it's like, the kid can't throw it that far. What are you doing? And so the kid chucks it as hard as he can. And I'm watching it. I'm like, you know, calculating the tra- trajectory in my mind. I'm like, oh, there's no way it's going to make it. So again, I step up on the bench and I jump up and I set it like a volleyball and kind of launch it toward the field. And I don't think it quite made it to the field. But yeah. Again, but I'd you like soften to think the I, blow for anybody who might get hit I, in the back of the head. Yeah, by yeah, I took some some of the mustard off. Yeah, and that was within like two minutes or five minutes or something. It was wild. Yeah. It was at the end of this, the halftime. <laughs> and then, folks, the the third ball I'm talking about is we went onto the field after the game, and some kid threw a ball at Justin's feet, and he picked it up and threw it back to the kid. Yeah, so I was like, hey, you ball. touched yep. a third one, Justin. I've been meaning to share that. <laughs> On the podcast because it's like the most thrilling thing that, that is fun. I, you know, I still remember the one and only time I've ever caught a foul ball at a baseball game. So I get oh, it. Oh wow, yeah. The only the actually I, I had one other close call this season, and that was this the tractor cannon thing where it's got no. the flatbed behind it that shoots t-shirts. Sure. And one, um, they they usually will go over our heads. But one hit the upright, the left upright, as you're on the field, my up, my right. Right. And that adjusted its trajectory, and, like, it started spiraling right towards me, and I reached up, and the guy behind me grabbed it. Ah. Uh, Gave it to his wife. Yeah. It was so close to glory. <laughs> you got enough shirts. I got a lot of shirts. You know what that reminds I me just, of is, um, sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, I just signed up for the uh, Lincoln Track Club Black Friday special, which is a great deal, and you should do it. 150 bucks for like five or six races. And I was picking out my Lincoln Half Marathon shirt, and you can choose between a like a cotton one or a tech one. And I realized I have so many stupid race shirts that mm-hmm. I don't wear, um, but I actually really like my Lincoln Marathon shirt from two years ago, the red one, I think, with uh, kind of the rainbow color inside the... I like wear that one a lot, actually. So I was like, I should get the cotton. I've got so many shirts. Sure. To yeah. your point. Yeah. Good story. I was, yeah. I was just going to say I'm reminded of um, John Rubin. I don't know if you remember who John Rubin is. He was a I might. Christian rapper from back in the day. He, uh, at his concerts, he would always hold up a shirt that literally says, who wants a free T-shirt? <laughs> And kids would like scream, woo, woo, woo. And so he would one once at like every show I ever saw this guy, he had shirts specifically printed for that moment in the concert where he'd hold it up, people would cheer, and he'd throw a who wants a free shirt shirt to some random kid. Nice. <laughs> so that's a good story to tell wearing around a shirt that says who wants a free shirt. <laughs> yeah, I got a lot of shirts. I still have a bunch of my high school band shirts. There's in a in a tote somewhere. Oh I can't bring myself to get rid of them. I I have donated so much clothing. I might have a band shirt somewhere. But... And by band, I mean like music, like rock and roll, not oh, like yeah. marching band. Yeah. Okay. I actually thought you were talking about marching band, but yeah, I, both. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So I probably still have some marching band shirts somewhere in a bin, or maybe still in my parents' house. Maybe I cleared those out. I don't know. I remember you wearing your MXPX shirt frequently, where mm. the the girl has ripped a guy's heart out of his chest. It's like girls are mean at the bottom. Something like that, yeah. That was a good one. Um, and then I remember you wearing the Rocket Summer TV Family shirt quite a bit. Um, 
So, yeah, I remember that one. And then... That was like my style, right? Yeah. And then I remember you wearing a homemade t-shirt from your friend Hannah that said mainstream is overrated. Where is that? <laughs> wow. I don't know where that one is. The others I could probably find if given a couple hours, you know, which <laughs> sure. might include driving to my parents' house. The Copeland shirt I used to wear all the time got destroyed in the wash at one point. It got bleach on it. So I know what happened to that one. I think I might still have that super tone shirt that I wore around. Yeah, I feel like in high school that was, you know, band, rock and rock band, you know, as opposed to marching yeah. band or symphonic yeah. band. Those that was my style. And then at some point in college it probably transitioned to like international like shirts, like because I was traveling in college sure. or whatever. Okay. I've, I've thought about this. And then there came a point where I think my, outside of professional dress, of course, it's like more uh, Nebraska. Mm. Got my The Good Life shirt, which actually was a band shirt, come to think of it. <laughs> um, but it's, you know, it's the sign. Oh, yeah. I still wear that one. And now it's a lot of like race shirts and still Nebraska shirts, the state, not the football team. Right, right. And what that says about my life, I'm not sure. Hmm. I think it just this means is that you riveting podcast. You grew up already. and you're not the same kid that you were. I mean, you're the same person. But you're in, yeah, but you're in a different but, uh, season of life. What's what's the thing where it's like if you whose ship is it? Where if you replace a plank, one by one with a new plank, at what point is it like a new ship? Theseus, Vesuvius, ship replaced plank by plank. Ship of Theseus. We were both pretty close. Yep. At what point's it a new ship, Mike? 50%? I'm going to go 51%. It's a new ship at that 51%, point. 51% it's a new ship? Well, I don't know. When you think of bands, I, I think more like when bands, like if as long as the lead singer is there, you can change out the bassist and the drummer and the guitarist like a million times and it's still the same band, right? Mm. Mm. So like yeah. there are some parts that are more important Key parts. components, yeah. Now the question is, what do you consider the most important part of a ship? I don't know. Yeah, so that's what I'm wondering. Like, is it the rudder? I don't, we're not ship people. We live in the Great Plains. Or the Midwest, or both, depending on your perspective. Don't your uh, cells completely reproduce themselves? And, like, you have all new cells, or skin cells or something? I heard something every... like that, like, every six years or something. So we are our own ship of Theseus. <laughs> I used I'm to a be a... Man. I used to be a ham sandwich... In the, in the spirit of Christmas and the Christmas carol, I'm not the man that I once was. <laughs> oh, that might be a good way for us to land this plane. Um, what? People are posting on Twitter. I don't understand why they're calling it this, but people are saying, this is my Christmas holy grail. And then they post four pictures of movies that they feel are essential or important to them. So oh, what are your... One, yeah. So I don't get the whole holy grail thing, but like, what are your four Christmas movies, Justin? Oh, man. Uh, Muppet Christmas Carol, for sure. Mm, that's a good one. 
I don't watch it every year, but it's a wonderful life. You just can't watch it every year. It's yeah. too heavy. Yeah. I was actually I haven't I haven't talked to my wife yet, but it's like at what point I mean there's you know, themes of suicide and you know, depression is I don't know if this is probably not good for my three year old. Sure. <laughs> probably not good for my five year old. But seven and nine year olds, they could probably enjoy it. Um I used to have uh, Christmas Story up there, but it's not. I haven't actually watched it for years, and I'm fine with that. Wow. Um, there's Holiday Inn, and there's White Christmas, and one of them has blackface, so the other one. <laughs> Whichever one doesn't have blackface. That's a, yeah. that's a good way to live your life. <laughs> uh, what's, what would be a four? You list your four, and I'll think of my fourth. Okay, I, th- I thought of my four. I'm, I'm pretty uh, basic. <laughs> when it comes to my my choices, uh, a Christmas story is absolutely number one for me. Um, that was a staple for my family growing up. Um, possibly even before it was like on the TBS reruns all the time. Um, just that movie, we loved that and we watched that every year. Um, so there's that. And um, Ernest Saved Christmas, of course. Mm. Yeah. Home Alone is right up there with a Christmas story. I feel like the home invasion element, it's going to freak my kids out. Oh, maybe. I don't think they're old enough to appreciate it. I Well, I mean, I it came out in like 90 or 91 for us, so we would have been seven, eight years old. Yeah, okay. So, yeah. Um, and then uh, got to have Elf in there. I know some people can't stand Elf, but um, I think it just hit at the right time, and Will Ferrell was still like, a superstar for us when that movie came out. And so I just have fond memories of, I saw that movie for the first time at Q cinema nine with a group of friends. Mm. Wow. Theater that doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. So my fourth is either going to be, uh, peanut Christmas. What is it? Charlie Brown Christmas. Oh, sure. Sure. Or held for something fresh. Cause you can only like, I, I, I don't have a lot of patience for watching the same thing over and over. Sure. It's See, kind of a pet peeve. He, here's the thing. I don't... I'm I'm separating the movies from, like, the Christmas TV specials and stuff. Like... Oh. So, like, Peanuts, Christmas, you know, that that's, you know, Charlie... It's Christmas, Charlie Brown, or whatever it's called. Charlie Brown Christmas. Charlie Brown Christmas. Um, That and you know Rudolph and the Grinch and all that stuff. Those things are mainstays, but I don't I don't really see those as. How movies, about Christmas Vacation? So. Is that up there for you? Yeah, yeah, that one's kind of ever present. Um, but I'm most familiar with the edited for TV version because that's what I grew up watching. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Um, Claws on Netflix. That's pretty good. I'm just like going through lists now. <laughs> I never watched, was it Spirited that came out last year? Yeah, I didn't bother with that one. It looked like a low-effort thing to me. Oh, uh, a lot of people in my world were really excited about it. So Really? Huh. They have, oh, this particular Google search brought up Trading Places as a Christmas movie. Uh-huh. Remember that one? I Dan Aykroyd, think... Eddie Murphy, one's poor, one's rich, and they oh, sure. try to make the poor guy rich and... And I know everybody likes to have the die-hard discussion. No, we're um, not going to do it. But I would posit that Gremlins 
is a good Christmas movie if you want to mix things up and not just do Die mm. Hard again. Because um, that movie is set on Christmas. So, um, um, Arthur Christmas is a fun one. It's from Ardman. So the people who do like Wallace and Gromit and oh, uh, sure. Shaun the Sheep, we really like pretty much everything. Did you see they're making does. a new Chicken Run movie? I didn't. It's called Dawn of the Nugget. <laughs> the Shaun the Sheep Flight Before Christmas is pretty good. It's kind of an anti... Try, get off your cell phone is kind of the message of that one, which is okay. a good one. Well, now you're bringing me into like the Mr. Bean Christmas special and stuff. Oh, I don't know if I've seen that one. <laughs> that sounds fun. Yeah. I've um, never seen The Grinch with, with uh, uh, Jim Carrey. It's all right. It's kind of in that weird mid-2000s, like Uncanny Valley type of doing makeup and yeah. Mike, which Hallmark Christmas movie is your favorite? I've never watched a single one. <laughs> I I don't think I have on purpose. I'm open to it if somebody like suggests like, hey, this has to be the one you watch. I'll give it a shot. But like this is the platonic form of a Hallmark Christmas movie. Mm. How about the Nightmare Before Christmas? Is this Halloween or is this Christmas? Yeah, I think you have to watch that one around Christmas time. I feel like that's like for people who are trying to prolong the Halloween magic and let it spill over into Christmas. I feel like you so we, watch it. we watched it at Halloween and oh, I really? stand by that. Okay. Yeah. I wasn't allowed Halloween. to watch that growing up. My yeah, parents said I probably, it was a no go for me. Yeah, it probably wasn't either. <laughs> How about the Santa Claus? Remember that one? Oh yeah. Wait, are you talking about Santa Claus, the movie or the Santa Claus starring Tim, the Toolman Taylor, Tim, the Toolman Taylor. Yeah, that one's good. I don't consider that like that one's not like a, I have to watch this every year. But I think I've only seen Scrooge once or twice, but that's kind of fun. Yeah. I've seen that one in bits and pieces. Oh, you I'm know just... what? You brought up the Muppet Christmas Carol first thing. So um, good. Uh, Mickey's, Mickey's Christmas Carol. That one. Oh, yeah, I really like that one. one. That one I have some fond memories of watching that's, as a child. That's like a 26-minute yeah. yep. Christmas special. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What's so your that... favorite... Christmas Carol. Oh, wow. I got to go with Oh Holy Night. But only sung by specific people. I don't think I can answer that question. <laughs> really? Uh, what did you say, Oh Holy, Holy, oh, Holy Night? Night? Either that or Silent Night. I'm just really a big fan of Night. Are you a big proponent of only singing Advent carols during Advent and Christmas carols during the 12 days of Christmas? No, I think some people get really on their high horse about that. And I'm just like, okay, no, 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 no. Listen, we have people telling us you can't even touch this music until after Thanksgiving. Like all bets are off once you hit December. Um, So at church, no, I I don't think that we got to save Christmas songs for Christmas. We can sing some Advent songs for sure. So, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel, sure. But, I like that one. Yeah, yeah, it's a good one. But, like, no, we, we can sing O Come, All You Faithful at the same time. Speaking of Christmas stories, did you ever watch the sequel? Did that just come out a year last year? Oh, yeah, A Christmas Story Christmas. That one was good. Was it? I couldn't bring myself. Oh, it's on it, Max. I it don't have Max. It did live up to the hype. It really does. It It is a heartfelt, well-made homage to the original 
I think oh, it is worth almost. watching. I oh shoot, where did it go? I've just been scrolling through Christmas oh. movies here. Do not I, mix it up with a Christmas Story two. That oh. one is hot garbage. Don't watch that one. <laughs> I have never seen the Polar Express. Uh, you don't need to. Yeah, well, that's kind of the the vibe. Yeah. I saw that in the theater because it was the free movie that my dad's company uh, rented out of theater and let everybody come watch. Oh, that was fun. an annual tradition for my family growing up was every year we'd go see a Christmas movie. Now I'm doing what I always do is I'm going over to the Lincoln uh, Library website and seeing what <laughs> we've got on DVD. Our internet was out for a while. It's back on. And we had to go get, I say had to, we went and got a bunch of kids DVDs at the library. Mm -hmm. And I really like regulating my movie consumption by what I have on DVD because it's just this, it's just this governor on what you can do. You know, it helps, it helps regulate. So you're not, you don't have that unlimited stream of whatever. Right. Um, that, it's a nice, like, what are we going to watch? Well, here's what we got. Mm-hmm. We already watched this one twice. <laughs> uh, and anyway. kids today are spoiled. They don't know what it's like to have, like, four things on VHS that you just watch over and over and over because that's all you have. <laughs> kids these days, let me tell you. Because VHS tapes cost $40. Cause that's <laughs> what it was in the late 80s. Hmm. Like you want a movie on, on home video format, you gotta cough up a third of your paycheck, buddy. <laughs> Nowadays, you walk into Walmart and they're like, "Here, here, please take a DVD. We've got this giant <laughs> bin full of them, and we don't know what to do with them." Please, somebody's buying them, so we're still selling them. I feel like you tried to land the plane about twenty minutes yeah, ago, uh, but then we started talking about movie stuff, and I, I'm interested in that dolly parton's christmas on the square sign me up just kidding i'm not i i actually watched a video just the other night about how movie companies are kind of gunning for the end of home video formats like i don't know if you saw but recently best buy announced that they're going to stop carrying dvds and blu-rays in store no um yeah like starting next year you won't be able to walk into best buy and buy a dvd anymore um, why? And just, to what end? I don't know. It's one of the last things that I go to Best Buy for. So sorry, Best Buy. Um, but uh, yeah, it, there, I watched a video essay last night talking about how the movie industry, the entertainment industry is hoping that it'll die and all we're just completely dependent on that steady stream of the subscription to whatever their service is to watch the movies well, I mean, anymore. The, the writers and things. the actors just had this big strike over the whole model not working for them. So mm-hmm. that's why I'm kind of surprised to hear that. Yeah. Uh, you'd think that, like you say, like that's something that actually gets you into Best Buy. Like that I figure if they've got you in Best Buy, that's, that's an important step. Yeah. That's so that's well I mean that, that that's the other part of it is they're talking about maybe um it not dying completely but instead they see like a future in which there's like some smaller companies that do like boutique collectors versions of movies that people are passionate about. Mm. 
you know, that's kind of the way a lot of things have become where if something has some kind of a cult following, it gets a Kickstarter, even if it's owned by a major company. For some reason, there's a crowdfunding campaign to produce something these days. So I saw I saw a tweet the other day and I thought of you right away. Let's see if I can dig it up really. Oh, yeah. Christopher Nolan says there's concern of content disappearing from streaming services. There's a danger these days that if it, things only exist in the streaming version and they do get taken down, they come and go. And then Guillermo del Toro said physical media is almost a Fahrenheit 451 where people memorized entire books and thus became the book they loved. Yep. Level of responsibility. If you own a great 4K HD, Blu-ray, DVD, et cetera, et cetera, of a film or films you love, you are the custodian of those films for generations to come. Well, I mean, think about how many movies we have from 100 years ago and then how many we don't. How many movies mm-hmm. from 100 years ago are just completely lost to time? So it's interesting. I mean, like, look at the early days of uh, Doctor Who. You know, there's entire seasons of that show that got taped over that nobody has access to at all. There is something to be said about preservation. Stuff produced in our lifetime can be lost to time, even in a, a world of ubiquitous storage and access to all kinds of stuff things are still getting lost well should i leave all of this in yes (laughs) including this little discussion right here wow but i think i need to go to bed yeah me too i'm feeling it i'm glad we you said it oh man we went to a second audio track here yeah you had we had said in our intro we were going to talk about football and nothing else iowa but not not completely true right we found something okay folks I just pulled out a folks. Um, Hey, everybody. Thank you for sticking with us. If you have been here for all nine years, I wish I could hug you through the podcast medium, but I can't. Um, So just accept this virtual hug right now. Thank you for sticking with us. Thank you for caring. Thank you for listening. We'll be back in the new year. Go Big Red. Go Big Red. Go Big Red.